0: You're listening to the Name Drop Podcast, where we reveal the industry experts and brilliant founders behind the marketing campaigns and brands you know and love. In a world where things change fast and marketing is the opposite of static, we are here to reveal the marketing geniuses and how they find their inspiration, hoping to inspire you along the way. Hi. Hi. Hey! Thanks for being
1: here. Oh my God, thank you so much. It's so great to see you, you always. You too. How are you feeling today? What's going on? I, I feel great. You know, it's that end of year sprint, as it were, but I'm feeling great. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. so excited to be here. Yeah.
0: Of course. So talk to us. What has been one of the challenges that you are facing professionally right now? How yeah. are things going? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've ha-
1: been having some conversations with a a number of marketing folks. And I think so much has changed after the pandemic. We are in, you know, a period of some level of uncertainty. There's a lot going on in the world. I think people are, you know, still having those moments of just like evaluating and reflecting. And so with that said, I think professionally, from a marketing perspective, it's hard to know sort of where the next, thing is or Mm -hmm. where that focus should be. I think maybe before there was, you know, the shiny object or like the next big thing or, you know, what's the new platform that's on the way or new technology. And I think I, you know, get the sense that people are just really craving something real. And so it requires a little bit more precision, a little bit more of an ear to the ground and a little bit more reflection and then, you know, you have just, I think, the overall sort of splintering of the ecosystem with platforms like yeah. TikTok, you know, post cookies, data privacy, like people sort of having their own levels of exhaust with being online and wanting to, you know, reconnect in real life. But, you know, experiences looking much differently than they did before. Sure. Um, so there's just a lot to unpack. Yeah, so much to <laughs> unpack. So how yeah. do you... How do you choose what to focus on? It's a great question. I think, you know, I really pride myself on being a people-first marketer by design. It's one of the reasons that I fell in love with digital marketing because it is so much grounded in culture, it's grounded in people, what what matters to people and, you know, I'm also I believe in sort of the practitioner aspect, so not just you know, oh, I work for a company and I'm part of a brand, but sure. I'm a practitioner myself. So I'm spending time in these channels. I'm picking up on, you know, what those signals are, what, you know, the new um, artists are,
0: or like some of those like really niche subcultures <laughs> in TikTok. I spend a lot of time on that I think you personally. have to. I yeah. mean, if you don't, you'll n- you don't really understand it without being a consumer yourself. So Totally. I mean, yeah. I'm
1: like a full on consumer and I still don't totally understand <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
0: Oh, you and oh. me both. <laughs> yes, yeah. So if that if
1: that's the case, you know, then we're all in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I think it is really sort of taking a beat and listening yeah. and Intent listening. So, you know, the emotional aspects, like how are people feeling or what is sort of the, you know, sentiment in terms of the types of things that they're sharing. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've been very aware of is the um, evolution of wellness and well-being and fitness and what that means to consumers and the emergence of mindfulness or, you know, walking as an overall, you know, discipline and conversation. like. Yeah those shifts that you really want to listen for and then and then sort of really understand the meaning behind i think yeah. there's an element of that you know authenticity and participation that maybe when back in the day when we were making like you know food trucks and doing like big flashy you know out of home i think The listening and and the connectivity and sort of the the authenticity has to be there yeah, and really starting there.
0: Totally. I mean, I agree. I think sometimes the emotional aspects of marketing get lost in the sauce a little bit. Totally. But at the end of the day, that is what makes it work and drives these connections. And we talk a lot about that of like, how do you lead with empathy and figure out, you have to tune in to how people are actually feeling at a macro and micro level, which is, you know a challenge but it's necessary definitely
1: and i think you know as marketers we do kind of get in our own like marketing brain or world and focus on sort of the 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 what but not necessarily the how and mm-hmm. there is a lot of emotion behind some of these more you know content forward platforms like tiktok like how youtube has evolved and you know with video especially with content and that being such a, a big aspect of what marketing is today, it's the emotion has to be there. Yeah, the connectivity sure. has to be there. Otherwise, you know, someone's not going to connect with it. And yeah, I love the the lost and the sauce. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely feel like sometimes we say like, our, it looks like our org is showing yeah. and we need to do a little bit of a... Recon and just get back sure. to the basics of it.
0: A hundred percent. So brag a little bit about yourself. What are you most proud of in your career? What has been? What are the things that stand out?
1: Yeah, I I love this question because my career journey has been very non-linear and non-traditional. Love it. Um, I would sort of unpack this in a couple of ways. So one, I take great pride in being first-generation Peruvian American, and so a certain level of grit that has like driven me and, you know, inspired me uh, in many ways, but also means that, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't really know like what a career meant. It was sort of this like, Get a job and work and like <laughs> figure out how to make money. Yeah, so you not to like live. quote Kim, Kim K up in here, but like you know you better get up and work. Yeah, um, I mean, and yes, that that's still true. Yeah. I think, especially living in New York, it's like you got to have some grit. Like 100%. you have to have grit and working like as a as a young woman in advertising, like you know, there's an element of grit that is required there as well. So really put put the work in throughout my career and and made those strategic choices, but ultimately been, you know, it it, it goes back to the work itself and just being really dedicated to the craft and being, you know, really committed to being passionate about what it is that I do. And then the other aspect is, um, I didn't know what advertising was until I Started working at an advertising
0: agency. <laughs> I think I was the same way. So <laughs> yeah. you're like, marketing, cool. I think I get what this is. Totally. But it's, yeah. like, it's like the little people inside the TV. I was yeah. like, what is
1: happening? Yep. So, you know, landed in, in the marketing world. Um, but what I studied growing up and what I was really dedicated to was theater. I came to New York to study directing for the theater at one of the first directing focused undergraduate programs. That's awesome. And that element as well as sort of, the, you know, the grit and my personal background has really shaped the marketer that I am today. I think there's different elements when you think about theater in terms of how that relates back to marketing, but mm-hmm. like I said before, really thinking about people and I see people as brands and brands as people rather than brands to people. And so in theater, you're building that connection. You mm-hmm. have an objective in a scene like you're, you know, hoping to find that sort of moment of, of inspiration or really focused on sort of the emotional Benefit and the objective that you have in the scene, and so that element of humanness, I would say, Mm -hmm. and creativity, has really you know inspired me as a marketer. And in many of the roles that I've had, didn't exist before I had them. So having that level of you know creativity or sort of creating something from nothing has really been able. To propel me in in a space that's largely based around innovation and digital marketing in particular, so I you know really cut my teeth in um in digital marketing and digital advertising as social media was sort of uh blowing up as it were yeah. a post dot com boom mm-hmm. um you know when when all the channels started to Emerge and one particular element of theater that I find a lot of truth in and a lot of inspiration is is you think about improv. Essentially you're in a scene with another person and you you have to stay engaged in the moment mm-hmm. because you don't know, you know, what that person is gonna say. There's a sort of like a, a rule, as it were, in improv that says if you say no, the scene ends. So you are <laughs> in this sort of, you know, yes and moment. Oh but, where you're playing off of what is happening in real time yeah. and staying engaged. And that has helped me build something of an agility muscle um, that has been absolutely critical in the world of digital marketing and digital advertising, where you don't know what the next platform is going to be. No, no. You don't know where the conversation is going to go. Um, you're you're joining a party that is like in full swing, <laughs> The party is happening, and you're just, you know, showing up, and you're there. And what gift are you bringing to the party, or you know, what kind of moment are you going to inspire when you join that existing party? And how do you sort of hop on that on that rocket
0: ship and stay agile? I love that analogy. I, I we talk a lot about there isn't a way to throw a perfect party either, and there's not a perfect way to work in this industry and space. It's like. We're just trying to figure out how to get it right and improve upon it, but there isn't expertise or perfection as it exists totally. in the marketing world. Totally, and it, I think you know every day in terms of like the the needed skills
1: that are required evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, you talked about empathy and the EQ element is skill set it's a muscle for sure that i think a lot of people have come to reflect on needing to build and needing to work at or as it relates to the number of platforms that have emerged and really understanding like from a performance standpoint like what data looks like what feedback looks like and being able to build on that skill set and you know from a digital marketing perspective, we talk about like never putting all your eggs in one basket because look what happened with Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. It's like here today, gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I don't view being agile as like being fast necessarily, although that's definitely part of it. Sure. But it really is this this sort of level of comfort of being in and around constant change yeah. and just being okay with the fact that things will change mm-hmm. inevitably <laughs> and how you respond is ultimately what either you know sets you apart or puts you ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's cool too to hear. I think so many marketers did not go to school at, for to study marketing. I mean, I wanted to be a social worker and study psychology, yeah. so I always think it's interesting that it's usually comes from a need or a want to have that those human connections and bring that into your profession and The background on that can be so varied so it's awesome that theater was sort of your your launching point to become now an amazing marketer is pretty cool yeah
1: and i love i mean i love the psychology aspect like that really resonates with me as well because that's such a big part of it too is like really having that you know oh where is someone coming from like Mm -hmm. what are you know what's what is that insight or that point of tension, I really push for that in the work that I do is really identifying, you know, something that you are pushing off of or a problem that you are solving. And so that psychology aspect is so is so critical to the work yeah, that we do.
0: For sure. So when you're thinking about, you know, different brands that you've worked on over the years and projects that you've been a part of, like finding that tension point is very important to solve a need we're ultimately you're always trying to solve for needs but then once you get past that point what does it look like for you to create loyalty then to that brand or service or product that you're providing like how do you view loyalty today
1: yes i mean i think Especially now more than ever, that community building aspect is so important, right? It goes back to sort of what we were talking about as it relates to connection. And if I think about it from a human perspective, when I think about loyalty, I think about the idea of trust, of mm-hmm. building trust. I'm Brene Brown Hive, so <laughs> shout out to her. Um, She's great. <laughs> Brene Brown, all the way. Um, but one of the things that, that stuck with me in, in, in one of the books that she wrote is, is this idea of like you're putting sort of marbles in the marble jar and you're building that trust and you're investing that time and building that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, not just from like a, rewards standpoint, you know, of course there are, you know, the promos or obviously right. rewards programs do have value and can be really effective, but on the human level, you know, how are you building those relationships especially now that we think about like the explosion of creator marketing and influencer mm-hmm. marketing? For sure. The authenticity has to be there. Like people can smell when they're being marketed to you, and like it smells icky mm-hmm. and the idea of loyalty when i think about even some of the the brands or products that i've worked on have that history have that meaning i remember when i worked on clinique like in my earlier days a lot of the loyalty came from people that had sort of inherited the product passed down to them like from what their mom or like their sure. grandmother taught them and so getting to the heart of those specific Stories and meaning, I think, coupled with the more tactical elements of building a rewards program that is built obviously around testing, testing and learning, like what are those points during the year that you're tapping into existing behaviors like gifting season or what have you. But for me, it really goes back to sort of the the basics around building trust.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, my grandma had Clinique products, and I feel like my first like moisturizer in my in high school was Clinique because that's what my grandmother used. Totally, fame so, that yeah. little like
1: yellow, yes, that little yes, yellow 100%. bottle. Hundred yes. percent. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so yeah, I think I think it really goes back to building trust and and wanting to build up, Mm -hmm. you know, a community of advocates and folks that will really, you know, stick with you over time.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think so often people default on the tactics like the point programs and memberships and subscriptions because it's easier to measure. It's hard to put effort into building a community that you're not going to see a return on right away, but it usually ends up, that's the better long-term bet. Yeah. The tactics can help along the way, but you need to build the relationship ultimately. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think even with the tactics from, you know, a really tactical level, if you think about credit card points mm-hmm. or, you know, free shipping or what are those rewards that you're building up, I think the value add piece is important, It's just making sure that you understand who your customer is on the other side, whether it's a parent or it's, you know, somebody who's travels a lot, like what are those more sort of interest-based or more human-based elements to make sure that, you know, you're not serving someone up uh, uh, a water bottle and it's like not (laughs) something that they actually need, you know, Mm -hmm. really focusing on making sure that you're, you're aware of how you're adding value to people's lives in yeah. a real way. And I think that is something that people will recognize.
0: Yeah, agree. Definitely agree. So thinking about your career journey to date, what relationship has been most impactful on you professionally?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think I would say some of the relationships that I've established as a mentor and learning how to be a sponsor has been a really big um, shift for me I think earlier in my career as I mentioned like I was just like full of grit and really focused on the work and making sure that you know, what I did, and I did as many things as I could. I was very hungry in that way. And I would say over the past couple of years, some, you know, direct reports that I've worked with, or some, some friends that um, I've gotten feedback from, I think, shifting my mindset to really thinking more about the collective, and about how now it's my turn to inspire others, it's my turn to help shape and, you know, educate and learn from, you know, younger folks that I work with has been maybe in some ways a little bit of a challenging kind of mindset shift. Yeah. But, you know, earlier when I was thinking about this question, I was like, I I think more so than, you know, because I definitely have had mentors in my career. But if I think about what has really been impactful to me in recent years is learning how to be a mentor and how to be a sponsor and paying it forward in that way and learning how to, yeah, let go of just needing to drive or be like solely accountable and really focus on the relationships internally and how I can be, you know, supportive or inspiring in some way. Yeah. I think I also learned that through the pandemic and change management is um has been a really interesting experience is when things are shifting and you don't necessarily have control over, you know, how your role changes or where you'll end up or how things have shifted, just being able to show up and be sort of a a beacon, as it were, or, you know, be solid as a rock and know that you can show up for other people. Yeah. I've really taken that journey and learned a lot from that and taken that to heart. Yeah.
0: No, I can relate. I think it's hard in your the beginning of your career, you're... Being rewarded for getting things done and yes. being a doer. Yes. And you think you can do it all by yourself. Yes. And then you start to learn actually, no, it's not I'm the best not way to succeed it. alone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only going to get better and improve through others. And yes. mentorship works both ways. Yes. If you're the mentor, the mentee teaches you just as much. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. that's a cool experience to get to have as well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. And make no mistake, I think like being able to get things
1: done has. Oh, it's important. It's very hugely important. important. <laughs> very important. Again, going back to Kim K, like, you know, yep. get up, yep. do the work. Like <laughs> totally. being able to to get things done, I take, I think has, has served me really well. But then also in recent years, just being able to take a step back and think about not just the what, but the how. Totally. And think about, you know, more broadly, what is being a sponsor mean or what is being a support or a peer mean outside of just like the work itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so tell us who you are. Tell us your name. Tell us where you work. What do you do?
1: Love this.
0: Yes. <laughs> the review Drum roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So my name is Tatiana Uriaga, and I work at Peloton. I'm a director on the growth marketing team, which means many things. It's hard to distill exactly what I do into a single phrase. Sure. Yes. But really focused on growth. So understanding, um, understanding demand, understanding how, you know, consumer behaviors or makes up makeup or platforms are evolving, really at the end of the day, really focusing on identifying new and existing levers to innovate on growth.
0: Amazing. So what does a day in the life look like for a growth marketer at Peloton? It's a-
1: Wild. Um <laughs> yes, no, it's exciting. I mean, I listen, I'm a startup girly at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the companies that I've worked for started as startups or ultimately, you know, scaled to something bigger, but I love the the energy that exists within growth, within sort of the the need to innovate. I would say even if, you know, today I'm writing a marketing brief and tomorrow I'm also writing a brief, I am constantly thinking about things in new ways. I mean, that's how fast the space is changing. absolutely. That what worked yesterday will not work today, will Mm -hmm. not work tomorrow. Um, And bringing back that, you know, creativity that comes from my background in more creative fields of being able to Take a blank canvas and and build something from scratch is really exciting. So, you know, whether it's identifying sort of, you know, new opportunities um, within existing platforms or new platforms that are on the way, or I think one of the things that is really apparent is... Latinos of the population are here. We've been out here, but now, you know, represent uh, at least like a third of the population, maybe more really driving culture, you know, evolving. I think there was a report that just came out that there's like a new dialect in Florida that's just based on like the combination of English and Spanish being merged as one language and, um, you know, being the number two audience segment that exists on TikTok. And so... What does that mean as sort of an area of focus or an area of opportunity or something to, you know, unpack from a growth or future state perspective? So really finding some of those juicier problems, I think, and starting to pull back a, a, a roadmap to get to something like that is, um, you know, at the at the baseline, at the basics, how I would describe sort of what I do. But then you get all like the tactical stuff of like making ads and like blah, sure. blah, blah. But yeah. like <laughs> problem <laughs> the solving. Macro level, yeah, yeah, the macro level is more
0: interesting. <laughs> um, but I make ads. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so but, yeah. tell me, what do you think, what's the high and the low of the role? What, what do you find most rewarding? What is the the part that is the most challenging?
1: Yeah, I mean, the best part really comes back to some of those um, elements that I talked about earlier is bringing a team together, you know, solving sort of a, a new juicy problem or cracking a brief or building, you know, incredible creative and sort of the, the process of building a campaign is something that I really kind of geek out on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, all of the the different elements from finding that, you know, really juicy insight or point of tension, and then having that, you know, inspire a, a creative or telling a story ultimately. And then I love, you know, creative production. So really getting into the weeds and and, and building what that creative is and partnering with like my Internal creative teams and seeing that like launch out in the world, and then I, as a growth marketer, I'd be remiss not to say that I (laughs) love seeing the results.
0: Always, best part. I'm
1: also a data girly, so (laughs) being able to see, and especially with digital marketing, like you can see what people are responding to. Like you can see if it's working or not, and I love that about the field. I think I um, am definitely someone who pushes for a little bit less preciousness in the upfront process, ultimately the market will decide. Mm-hmm. Ultimately it works or it doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, spending two additional months, ultimately if the insight is strong, like you'll, you'll know. You'll know immediately. And so being able to integrate that feedback and like you said, having a, you know, a loyal community and taking what people are saying and that and putting those insight and putting that back into the work and then being able to iterate on that. Um, Yeah. Constant feedback loop. Constant feedback loop. And I, you know, I'm a performance marketer at heart. So building that feedback loop, iterating on maybe something that doesn't work in the beginning, and then being able to see how that evolves over time is something that I, is something that I love about what I do. I think the worst part is the inverse of like, sometimes you just can't fix, something yeah and I think learning not just to fail but learning how to fail is definitely something that I've you know worked on over time is not seeing it as a failure but seeing it as an opportunity to learn or an opportunity to grow but also you know carrying the the carrying the weight of, of my team and, and really, um, you know, being able to support when things don't go exactly how you thought that they would. Um, right. But the, yeah, I think that learning how to fail and learning how to evolve and, and fail fast and be okay with that, it's something that I've definitely gotten better at.
0: Yeah. I was just having this conversation with someone last night. They were asking, how do you find resilience when you make mistakes and just keep on... Moving forward, and you just do, you just and do. you you view it not as a mistake, but as all right. Well, now I know what not to do next time, yeah, and how to avoid these types of things in the future, and like onwards. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. the only way doing it.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. like you just you build that muscle of resilience and find ways to reframe. I think as a performance marketer, also what I try to do is. Look at the data as data. Mm -hmm. Look at it objectively. And you can really learn from anything if you look at it as a learning opportunity. Um, And so having it being able to inform what you do next and... You know, removing the personal attachment to it has definitely helped me. But ultimately, just get up, get to work. Pick yourself up. Pick yourself up, (laughs) dust yourself off, move on to the next thing. Right. Be sad about it maybe for a few hours, (laughs) timestamp it.
0: That's what I do. Go into the
1: bathroom, do a little cry. (laughs) Carry on.
0: Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Pick it up and and keep it moving. 100%. So did 21-year-old Tatiana ever think she'd be in this role? Today. Well,
1: girl, my role didn't exist when I was 21 <laughs> years old. So um,
0: definitely not. I mean, I think I'm so
1: incredibly grateful just to, you know, relationships that I've built, peers that I've had, opportunities that I've had. But I I think, you know, my my industry, my role, none of this existed crazy um, when I was 21. That's crazy to think about, honestly,
0: it's, because- you're not that old. so I was about to say, I was like,
1: I'm not trying to age myself <laughs> no, here. No. But things were different Very back different. Then.
0: Very different. Yes.
1: I remain grateful I'm at a point now where, you know, a little bit more trusted myself to craft something that doesn't exist yeah. and find the joy in the process of – building sort Mm -hmm. of a roadmap and paving roads that you know haven't been paved before and taking feedback from my teams and doing it as a you know a collective or as a community rather than like you said feeling like I have to just like do everything on my own Right.
0: right and to enjoy the building versus always trying to get to the end state you'll be happier I mean, Huge. that's the way to be successful, too. Yeah. you have to enjoy the process, yes. you
1: have to enjoy the building of the thing totally. And you have to find joy in the grit and in the ups and downs of the process. Yeah. And that's definitely something that i've I've learned over the years.
0: I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll do a quick round of uh, trendy or tragic to wrap us up. I'm such a hater. So you know what? You're really going to hear me (laughs) go Everything's going to be tragic. (laughs) Um, Okay. Skim's new nipple bra. Trendy Uh, or tragic? You know what?
1: I am... such a Skims hive, like I'm such a stan, I, I'm obsessed with Skims, um, but the nipple bra is maybe one of those things where it's like we tried it, and uh, maybe we'll take that as a learning moment mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. I think I think it's a, a little small bump in the Skims road, but
0: I would definitely say that is tragic. Yeah, I'd have to agree, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the Mean Girls cast just reunited for a Walmart commercial. Oh my god, trendy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Your mean, mean girls girl is iconic.
1: Yeah, it is I could iconic. really I could quote every quote in that entire movie. Sometimes yeah. I do it without even thinking about it. Um that is yes, it's absolutely iconic.
0: I have to agree. I mean, I saw it and thought, you know, good for them. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And they're hitting the right group with that. Re- definitely so. aka me. Yeah, same. Me too. I'm like, good move by Walmart. Yeah. I never go there, but maybe yeah. I should. Yeah. No, definitely
1: <laughs> paying attention now. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think such an such a an iconic movie and really holds up still. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Last one because we're recording this in around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna
1: go ahead and say trendy. I. Wow. Yeah. I mean,
0: I I just.
1: I love the campiness of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I love a campy moment when it <laughs> I comes mean- to a rom-com. I'm like... Y'all did not have to do that, but
0: this is hilarious. I feel like I'm laughing at myself at the same time as I'm, like, watching a Oh, the movie. 100%. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the outs on this one because my team all watch Hallmark movies and they talk about it. And I'm like, I'm not cool because I'm not in the loop on the Hallmark Christmas movie scene. So, <laughs> I... Girl, get in the loop. I guess so. Yeah. I well, guess they so. Feel, I feel like they brought
1: that format to Netflix. Now, now yeah. they have the, like, you know, it's like the young girl, like, goes home for Christmas and it's, like, snowing and she, like... <laughs> knocks on someone's door and then they, you know, like they fall in like love fall in and the love. guy in the city wasn't <laughs> yeah. for her anyway. Yeah. 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 That is yeah. the vibe. Yes. That love is it. the vibe for sure. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here today. Loved the conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. This was fun. So where can people find you, follow you, LinkedIn, Instagram? You know, catch catch
1: me on the socials. I think, yeah, catch me on TikTok, on LinkedIn, Tatiana Riega. Um Find me on Instagram as Notorious TAT.
0: Hit that follow button. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Awesome. All right. So you guys can find us on Instagram at namedrop.pod. And I'm at Malbakes. Thanks so much.